0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have a topic I want to dive into and that is my thoughts on training to failure for muscle growth overall. And but first, before we dive into that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you've just focused on weight loss in the past and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one all online coaching program is for you. I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one or two bottlenecks outside of the training and nutrition protocol that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results that you uh, want to see. And this holds people back more than they think. Um, So figuring out what that bottleneck is uh, super uh, important during the coaching. Um, So if you're interested in learning more, you can uh, click the link in the show notes. You can reach out to me on Instagram or um, fill out the form in the show notes and we can talk about this in more detail. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. If you want to learn more about that, you can click the link in the show notes as well. And then last next, if you want to learn more about a body recomp, I have my free masterclass on this topic, what it is, how to do it, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. Next, if you haven't yet, make sure you give me a follow on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. You can ask me any questions and whatnot there. And that's where I post the most content. So make sure you give me a follow there. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review and that that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. So I want to talk about my thoughts on training to failure for muscle growth. And so what I'm going to go over today are some myths on what impacts failure training. So you can decide how often or if you want to use it. So let's dive into that. So training to failure, when I feel like this topic gets brought up, it's usually this kind of black or white thinking, right? Hey, you should either do it or you shouldn't do it. And I don't think it should be thought of as that. Again, you don't always have to do it or be on the other end of the spectrum and and never do it. Right. So again we can use it, and there's periods of time when we use it. There might be times when it's more useful. You can implement both into an effective muscle building program. Now, before I go on, though, I do want to say 95% of your training for muscle growth should be zero to three reps from failure, okay? What is failure, though, right? At the end of the day, it's. there's a couple different ways to look at it. and need to make sure I get my... Okay, so we have volitional failure. So this is where you get to the point where you cannot, no matter how hard you try, perform another repetition. And then momentary failure is... Okay. Sorry. Volitional is self-termination. Okay. And then momentary is inability to complete in the exercise, right? Okay. Yeah. So volitional failures where an individual thought they had no more repetitions left in the tank, but they didn't attempt one. Right. Whereas momentary is, Hey, they just, they can't get another rep, right? There's two different ways to potentially look at that. Right. So that's a way to break down failure. There's that really doesn't matter how you use it. Just some terminology there that I want to get out of the way. And then from there, to me, failure is a good clean rep though, right? It's not like one of those reps where it's like you start using other muscle groups, right? So it's taking the target muscle to failure. Again, this gets tricky when we talk about like compound exercises versus isolation, because it can be easier to know, okay, hey, my quads are feeling in a leg extension versus like in a back squat. Is it your... Uh, cardiovascular system? Is it your glutes, right? Or, or or is it your your quads? I think it's a little bit easier to know for sure that the target muscle is failing in the, in the isolation type exercise. So just a few things to go over. It is somewhat subjective in saying that, but I think one way to know is if things really start to slow down there with that. If you get to that point where you feel like you can do multiple reps still, you're probably a little bit further away from failure than you think you are there with that. So again, we can use both. We can use failure training. We can use non-failure training. Now, my next thing here is a big misconception that I see is a lot of people think non-failure training equals easy training, and this still is not the case, okay? So non-failure training still needs to be challenging for it to build muscle. This meta regression by Zach Robinson came out and they mentioned, and they found that likely getting closer to failure is going to be better for muscle growth than staying further away from failure, which makes sense. So staying one to three reps from failure is not easy training. If it is, you're not training one to three reps from failure. So we also know that we can rely on the RAR research here where the further away from failure you are so say it's three, four, five reps away from failure. People tend to be off a little bit more on that. Whereas as they get closer to failure, they're a little bit better at gauging that. But again, if one, to, if two reps in reserve is super easy training, you're likely leaving a little bit more in the tank than you think you are. But still going to be the point where you are things are slowing down and it's still challenging. You're still going to need to push through that. So again, I think we need to get away from the thought of oh, failure training super hard. Not failure training super easy. Again, and that's not the case there um, with that. not failure training should still be challenging. So I do now, wh- what I want to do next here is I want to go over things that can impact failure for muscle growth. Um, so the first thing here is the load. So the heavier you lift, the tougher it will be to always go to failure. But you can also stay further away from failure and still get good gains with heavier loads. Um, so there's two things here. One, so if you're working in this like four to eight rep range, It's going to be tougher to go to failure there because that is going to be very fatiguing. It's a little bit tougher to really push the target muscle close to failure with those heavier loads. That's going to come with a little bit of a higher fatigue cost. However, you can get away with being a little bit further away from failure with these heavier loads. So that's the plus side here with that. Now, the lighter you lift, the closer you'll want to get to failure. If we're talking, we're in this like... 12 to 15 plus rep range because the loads are going to be fairly light. With that, you want to get closer to failure on that. So again, we can already break it down to the load that we're lifting. The heavier the load, you can probably start to stay a little bit further away from failure. It's probably not a great idea to go to failure on these heavier lifts. Again, think you're like three to seven rep range, give or take a rep or two there with that. And then the lighter you lift, so again, think like your 12 to 15 plus rep range, you probably want to get closer. You can in you can with both, but you probably want to push closer to failure, and you can get away with getting getting closer to failure there with that, and not risking as much injury. Because I think with the heavy loads, the issue is the loads are heavy, so any like kind of like breakdown in technique does risk injury a little bit more than say your the weight you're using for twelve plus reps on there with that. So the amount of volume you go, you're you going to do is going to uh, impact it, right? So the more volume you do, the less often you'll be able to train to failure. So if you're somebody who really likes a high volume training approach, you might have to stay a little bit further away from failure overall. Whereas if you do a lower volume approach, you can get closer to failure more often because you're just not doing as much volume. So again, we can think of like the higher the intensity of something is, which again would be higher loads, higher intensity would be lower RIRs. The less volume you can do at that given intensity overall. So, there is a trade off there with that. Next exercises. So, the exercises you choose, certain exercises like isolation exercises may be more practical to train closer to failure in general or just more often. So, again, let's take the leg extension and the back squat. The back squat, there's going to be a higher risk of injury. There's a lot of, a little bit more technique in the back squat. If you fail on the back squat, it's not going to be as safe as if you fail on a leg extension. So we can see now where exercise selection is going to play a a, a massive role in this as well too. How frequently you work out, the more frequently you train in general or one particular muscle group, the less often you'll be able to train to failure. I think we can take this in a, a, a step further and break it down to the particular muscle group. And this is going to depend on the person, but generally speaking, the more often you train, again, think you train a muscle group three, four, five times a week, the less likely you're going to be able to go to failure every single time because then you're going to dig yourself into a recovery hole. So with that, you might have to stay a little bit further away from failure. The more often you train there with that. But if you're somebody who just trains three days a week, and this is just everything three days a week, not necessarily every single muscle group, you likely can get away with training a little bit closer to failure because you're not doing as much overall, right? So again, this comes back to the volume thing. We know the less volume we do, the more likely we are to be able to push closer to failure more often. Again, and then the last thing here is what do you define as failure? Do you count not being able to lift the weight up at all, or do you count it as not another good rep. So I think figuring out what you define as failure, because again, if you're counting failure as you can't lift the weight up at all, it doesn't necessarily have to be a good technique. It just is, Hey, I just can't get the weight up at all. That's going to be a lot different than somebody who once technique really starts to break down, they stop and that's failure to them. I think the person who keeps pushing through poor technique Again, they're going to be at a little bit higher of an injury risk there versus somebody who is really good at, okay, I know that once I get to this point to where technique starts to break down, I really need to dial it back. Things are going to look a little bit different for that person. Injury risk is going to be lower, et cetera. Those are the things that are going to impact failure for muscle growth. Again, this is why we can't just look at it from like a black or white standpoint, because again, it, it depends on the load you're using. So what rep range you're in, it's going to be the volume that you're doing, how much volume, the less volume you do, the more intense that... Each set can be uh, certain exercises. So some exercises are going to be better than others. How frequently you work out, the more often you work out, you do need to start to monitor your intensity a little bit more. What do you define as failure as well too is going to be super important. So ways you can implement failure training. So first on certain exercises. So for example, more isolation lifts. Uh, So like we talked about, maybe you're going to do it more on leg extension versus a back squat. Um, Again, like fewer compound lifts. So you're less likely to go to failure on bench squat, like we talked about, or closer to failure on machines, cables, or, and less on barbells, dumbbells, right? Also think about the the, what you're using. So again, you're going to be, you're going to probably want to go closer to failure on like a machine or a cable, and then things like dumbbells and barbells that do require a little bit more stability, the weight could fall on you, et cetera. You probably want to be a little bit more careful with going to failure um, on those things and maybe keeping a rep or two in the tank there with that. So again, on certain exercises, you can implement it. And even, and I guess I'll talk about certain t- times of your training phase and we can tie this all together on what this might look like. Say you're Actually, I'm going to leave that for the end. So save that thought there. We can do it on certain sets. So again, you don't necessarily have to do it on every single set. You could do it where maybe your first couple sets are one to two RIR. And then that last set, you're taking it to zero RIR. There with that, you're going to failure. Just test it out and see what that is. Hey, am I actually on, on track here with it? Again, we can implement this on certain sets. Again, we can get away from this black or white thinking of you either do it or you don't, or even Again, from set to set, you can change it. Exercise, you can change it. So we'll, I'll break down what like a potential setup of this will be once I get through all these. Next, at certain times of your training phase. So for example, at the end, towards the end of your training cycle, you start to train closer to failure or get to failure in the last couple of weeks. So maybe the first couple of weeks you're at uh two to three RAR weeks, two, three, four, you're getting closer to one to two. And then weeks five, six, seven, you're at closer to zero RIR. And again, so now you can start to see where you can do this at certain times on certain sets and on certain exercises. And then lastly, in certain training phases. So maybe certain training phases, you just train closer failure. And this is because you train less overall, or uh, maybe you don't have a lot going on outside of the gym and you can really push training. You might be able to push it um, a little bit more there um, on that. So again, you can start to see here where if we were to bring up, take, make a program and, and, you know, somebody just comes in, comes in with, to it with this like thought of, oh, hey, um, no, you shouldn't train a failure or hey, you should train a failure or vice versa, right? You know, if somebody comes in and they they have, um, you know, they're doing failure on everything because they heard that's best. You're going to start to run into issues where um, a smart way to go about it is, hey, I'm going to probably go closer to failure on things like my bicep curls, dumbbell lateral raises, leg extensions, again, things that use machines and cables. So you're already going to be more likely to do that. And then maybe you do it to where a couple sets are one to two RIR and then that last set's at zero RIR there with that. And then. You could also break it down to, okay, beginning of a cycle, maybe you're not going to zero RAR, you're going closer to one to two, but then as the phase goes on, you're getting closer to to zero. And then again, maybe certain phases. So if there's a period of time when you can't train a lot. Hey, I'm going to stay closer to two RIR across the board on that. Again, breaking it down to all these things can be super helpful to understand that that it isn't black or white. You can break it down a little bit more than that and, and be strategic with implementing failure training. And that's why I have such a problem with, oh, hey, it's good or it's bad. Again, there's context and it really depends on the exact setup of your training. Some takeaways. If you enjoy training closer to failure, you may want to push closer to that more often. So again, if you like this way of training, that's totally fine. And you may want to do that more often, because that's going to help you. stick to it. However, this likely means less volume overall, less frequent training, and more focus on recovery for you, right? Because you are digging yourself into a little bit more of a recovery hole there with that. So again, you'll just need to focus on those things. You might not be able to do the same amount of sets as somebody who likes to train a couple reps away from failure. So if you don't enjoy it, this means you may do a bit more volume overall and stay a little further from failure more often. And you can also train more frequently. So you can just do more stuff overall. And if you like to do it and that's worked for you, I think that's perfect. You can also take this if, if you're somebody who you, you really enjoy training close to failure, but you have done that all the time, maybe you're starting to feel a little beat up. Maybe you switch to staying a little bit further away from failure, doing a little bit more volume overall and see how, how that is. And then vice versa. If you're somebody who you've never liked it, so you've only trained far away from failure, you've been really high volume. Maybe you dial that back a little bit and try to go a little bit closer to failure more often, maybe do a little less volume overall and see how that works. Because I do think there's something to, if you've always done it that way, maybe switching it up slightly can be super helpful there. But either way, way, training still must be tough at times to continue progressing. So we know that, like I said on the onset, so long as 95% of your training is one to three reps from failure, you're good to go or zero to three reps from failure, 90% of 95% of the time, you're good to go from a muscle building standpoint. So we have some flexibility here. And as I learn more and more about building muscle, it is having some structure, but it's also, you can be pretty flex, flexible with how you go about exercise selection, training to failure, volume, et cetera. Again, finding ways that work for you and things that, again, maybe you haven't done and haven't tried yet might be useful for you to try out. And this is, again, is just something here with that you can try out. But that's it for this episode. I hope this helped you decide how to train a little bit closer to failure, or maybe you need to dial it back on as well too. Like maybe you're somebody who's been training. Closer to failure, and now you're like, man, you know what? Now it makes sense why I'm a little bit more beat up. I'm doing high volume and I'm trying to f- train a ton, and I don't focus too much on recovery, right? So, hopefully, this gave you some more insights into your training. That's it for this episode, and I will chat with you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.